Welcome to the Fantasy Inferno, a redraft fantasy football show on the Roto Heat Network. This show airs live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for catching up here. Now here are your hosts, Cody Woodman and myself, Shane Barrett. Enjoy. What's going on? Welcome back to the Roto Heat YouTube channel. Wednesday night means we're talking redraft. We got the Fantasy Inferno like every Wednesday goes down. We got Shane Barrett over here, co-host, back in action. Looking good. How you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. How are you? Looking good is relative. I need a haircut, but we'll talk about that later. Let's just avoid it and let the day go by. Join us tonight. We got Dave, Fantasy Dave. I'm not sure what your last name is, but right down below. So go ahead and tell the peeps who you are, what you're all about, where they can find your work. Yeah, I'm Dave Stewart. I write with In Between Media and 4 for 4 Football. So you can find me at either of those sites, in between, in underscore betweenmedia.com or full.com. And you can find all list all my work if you just follow me on Twitter at Dave Fantasy. It's an easy way to find it all in one place. Sounds good. Yeah, definitely a good follow. I'm gonna have to follow you after this. It was nice meeting you. Just met you 30 seconds ago. I dig the beard. We got beard gang going it's on. All here. beard. Yeah, Dave. That's some, some commitment right there. So I dig it and commend it. Thought that was a Bengals hat, but that's another conversation for another day. So we'll move on. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody always thinks that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Getting uh, shout outs from guys that are regretting it after the fact. <laughs> but all good. Let's get right into this. So tonight we're going to dig into some trade targets that uh, it's basically now or never for these guys. These are guys that, you know, we think are going to go off in, in short order. And uh, you better send no trade offers for them literally tonight, right now, as soon as the show's over while we're doing the show. It's going to be your last opportunity, in our opinion, to get your hands on some of these guys. So send out the offers now and see if you can get anyone to bite. Let's kick it off. I'll kick it off, I guess. I'll, we'll start it with the uh, the cover boy, the guy that uh, I kind of nailed his yards last week, Shane. He did. That was impressive. I had no touchdowns, no touchdowns, but I, uh, you know, those touchdowns are going to come. So we're going to start with Piss and Lave, who's uh, on our thumbnail. I said, you know, last week, he's got a 150-yard, two-touchdown game coming in short order. This last that week, this week, last week, 147, I think, 147 yards, no touchdowns, 13 targets, nine catches. So his price tag is certainly going up, and it's right now, or you're never going to be able to get this guy off of whoever the owner may be. I'm going to go over some stats here just because you got to have something to back up your opinion, and then I'll go to you guys for your thoughts. So he leads the Saints in snaps. That's over Juice Landry, that's over Michael Thomas, leads the NFL. The entire NFL in air yards with 536, that's 160 more air yards than the second place player. It's a tight end, Mark Andrews. He's second in the NFL in ADOT, average depth of target, which obviously, you know, leads to that big play potential. Like I talked about last week, you know, that 150 yard, two touchdown game is coming. He's going to get into the end zone. So I'm not worried about that. He hasn't gotten in yet but he will 25% target share on the team, on the saints, 13 targets in back-to-back games. And like I said, it's only a matter of time before he gets into that end zone. And then it's going to turn that, you know, 20 to 25 point week into a 30 to 40 point week pretty quick. 
So he's a guy that that you have to get your hands on right now. These own the owner's not going to want to trade him. I'm sure you're going to have to give up some quality value. A guy that I'm potentially trading and would hope to trade for him, Keenan Allen. You know, steady Eddie Keenan Allen, especially in a PPR format. That's got to be relatively at least it's going to start the conversation. I'm not you know I'm not saying that's going to you know, get it done, but it should get the conversation rolling. Shane, what do you think about Olave? I know you like him as well. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, I absolutely love this call. And you did nail the uh, the yards last week. That was pretty freaking awesome. This kid is a burner, but he's also extremely technical as a route runner. So that right there is going to lend him to having big games like this. And I think that he can pair well with the way that Jameis Winston plays and compliment Michael Thomas even. So Michael Thomas can be slant boy and Chris Olave can do everything else because he's just that talented. So I, I love this call. You definitely need to go trade for him right now. I, I like the call of trading Keenan Allen for him. I think that was what I heard was multitasking. I apologize, but I think it, from a like a draft pick standpoint, if you're and I know we're talking redraft, but if you were thinking from a dynasty perspective, a first plus at this point might have to get the job done. But if you're also just going redraft and just thinking players, come back to me. I don't know who, because I like that Keenan Allen call a lot. Sounds good. Yeah, I mean, he was my favorite wide receiver coming into the draft. I thought he was the best, most precise, most complete route runner in the entire rookie draft class. And I think we're seeing it now and we're going to continue to see it. But Dave, what do you think about uh, Chris Olave? I mean, I agree with everything you guys are saying about how precise his route running is, you know, and speed to go with it, you know. So he's really, you know, a very dangerous threat. I kind of like the way they've moved him around a lot this year. He's had, you know, some weeks, like in week two, he was in the slot 29.3% of the time. This, whereas this last week, you know, when he had to, he kind of carried a little bit more of the offense because, you know, some of the players were leaving with injury, you know, some of the other wide receivers left with injury. So he was on the outside a lot more. And I thought that was kind of exciting seeing him being able to use his speed, you know, outside a little bit. And, you know, but yeah, his route participation has gone up in each of the three weeks. So I think there's definitely more to come. Like you were kind of saying, you know, this two touchdown game is on the horizon. You know, I mean, he's going to have some blow up games, I think for sure. So it is, it is going to be your last chance to get your hands on him before managers just won't part with him at all. Yeah, like I said, he's one of those guys that once he gets in the end zone, he's, you know, nearly going to double his point production and he can play inside, outside. He can do it all. He can play every route. And last year with the Buckeyes, that's a big reason why I liked him over to Garrett Wilson. He's one of the best. He was the best wide receiver or sorry, run blocking wide receiver on the Buckeyes last year. And I think, you know, that that sort of thing just gets him in the good books, especially the defensive, a defensive head coach. So it's. He's one of those guys that you got to get your hands on early. And uh, I don't care if he's a rookie. He plays in an offense that looks like they're going to be coming back a lot. Jameis Winston likes to, uh, you know, throw the rock. So there you go. Shane, you got a guy in mind you want to trade target? I feel like Deontay Johnson might be a little expensive, but I feel like that's kind of in that same range as Keenan Allen. And I is it hot takey to say I might trust the Saints offense more than the Steelers offense right now with Trubisky at the helm. 
I mean, yeah, I think it's a little hot takey. I think they're going to start, they're going to start. Pick it soon. Yeah. No, I don't think they're going to start picking soon. We could, we can get into that if you want quickly. Let's try to be quick with that. I don't, I believe Mike Tomlin when he says I'm not starting Kenny Pickett this year. I think that's smart. I am very much on the, you should sit your rookie quarterback for at least a year. We saw it succeed with two of the greatest ever and Mahomes and and Aaron Rodgers. I think Andrew Luck would have been someone that would have benefited from that because the thing with rookie quarterbacks is they're going to get killed, especially if you drafted them early. Your offensive line is probably not up to where it needs to be. They're going to get absolutely murdered in their first year if you don't have the offensive line to protect them. And they're trying to learn the NFL speed. They're trying to learn an NFL playbook, and they're getting thrown into that. So I absolutely think they should sit Kenny Pickett for as long as they can. Because I think it gives him more time to develop, and that's what they—that's what rookie quarterbacks need. And we've seen people that get benched for that long succeed in the longer term. Yeah, and Mike Tallman's not going to care about the media pressure. No, and he has full trust of the ownership, so he doesn't care what anyone has to say. It's no. Mike Tallman. He's one of the best coaches. He's an, he's all famer, hundred percent. Yeah, so he's not worried about that. But let's get into the next uh, trade target. Shane, who you got for a guy you need to get your hands on? Yeah, I am going with a little bit of recency bias here and a little bit of injury capitalization here in Khalil Herbert. So if Monty does not play, which we haven't had that confirmed yet, but even if he is healthy and plays, I think he will have a more limited snap count because of the injury. And so I was actually looking at the stats, taking some notes right before the show. Khalil Herbert, in any game that he has more than a 50% snap share, has at least 70 yards. And what we saw last week was 20 carries, believe 157 yards, if I remember correctly, and two touchdowns. And that, to me, is a phenomenal ceiling for someone that you can you could probably have gotten off of waivers, but at this point, if you're in a deeper league and he's probably taken, I think you need to go get him because this coaching staff likes Khalil Herbert more than they like David Montgomery. That was the rumors that you heard all offseason. So I think if Herbert continues to succeed and gets the the playing time versus what Monty is, he's going to usurp that because they think he's the better player and he's a lot more efficient. So. Yeah, he leads the NFL right now in uh, rushing attempts inside the five. You know, there's touchdown potential anywhere inside the red zone, but inside the five, obviously that goes kind of through the roof, right? So, and he showed that he can be, you know, kind of a lead back and every down back. He showed it last year when Montgomery was hurt. And basically to me, he looks like, you know, the new Alexander Madison where he can absolutely get the job done if your top guy goes down. And I think we talked about it a week or two ago, Shane, where, you know, Alexander, how often does the, you know, the incumbent team re-sign their backup and the guy stay a backup? He's going to, Alexander Madison's going to go somewhere else to be a starter, most likely yeah. after this season. And then, you know, to be another thing with that is David Montgomery's contract's up after this season. Yep. So what is that going to mean? Is this regime going to want to get him to run and get him going before that happens and kind of make it a, a, an easy switch kind of a thing? Because they know he can yeah. get the job. The, they know now he can get the job done because he's done it yeah. with this team and he did it with <laughs> last year's team as well. So yeah, uh, Dave, what are you thinking about Khalil Herbert? I think we all like him. Yeah, I like that call. You know, I mean, Khalil Herbert has a lot of skills. I do like him at the goal line. Like you were saying, you know, people tend to think of him as a small guy because he's so short. He's Actually, yeah, you know, he's 210 pound dude. He's actually quite stout, you know, so he really can 
handle some goal line work there. And I know that they're saying that Monty is day to day, but I really can't see him Mm. being too ready to go this, at least not this Sunday, you know? So I think it's going to be a healthy dose of Khalil Herbert. If you can get your hands on him now and have him in your lineup for week four, you you know, that's going to pay dividends for sure. Yeah. And I think they, uh, you know, they know they need to run the ball. Like Justin Fields, I like Justin Fields. I like the talent, you know, the long-term potential is there, but right now it's clear that they don't trust him to throw the ball. You know, they're going to run it as many times as they can. They're going to slow the game down. They're going to play Patriot football. They're going to just run the ball into the ground and extend the game, stay in the game as long as they can and kind of see what happens, play good defense and kind of take it from there. Do that too. Yeah. Yeah. The old Pete Carroll, you know, just run the ball, stay in the game, (laughs) extend the game, you know, control the clock. And that's how they're going to win games. They're not a good team. Everybody knows that the Bears are not a good team. They know it. So they're going to have to run the ball. So even if they are both running, you're going to get some run of those guys. We're seeing a lot of, you know, running back tandems have some success right now. And I think that's possible in Chicago because those are clearly, in my opinion, their two best players. So we'll see how that kind of shakes out. Dave, what what are you thinking for a trade target? You got a guy in mind? Yeah, you know who I'm getting kind of excited about is DK Metcalf. You know, he's been off to a bit of a slow start, but you can see that the snap share has been rising each of the last three weeks. You know, he just had a 93% snap share in this last game. And, it, you know, it was his most involved game, obviously his best game from a fantasy perspective. In week three, he had 12 targets. He had a 27.9% target share. And he got the TD. You know, I mean, ultimately, that's what, we, that's what we want to do is see this guy get in the end zone. But, you know, as a team, Seattle's been increasing the dropbacks, the attempts, the completions each week. So it looks like they're kind of getting away from the old identity that they had as a run first team. And they're much more of a pass heavy team than they have been in the past. Gino's looking a little bit more competent with each start, I think. So I think that DK is going to go, you know. On the rise here, I'm excited to get my hands on him because I feel like now's a good time. You may have a manager who's who drafted DK who's been very frustrated with his output so far, and you might be able to get him for a reasonable price. Yeah, definitely. The They're going to have to throw the ball a little bit. They can only run it for so long before they're going to have to get back in the ball game. The, again, this is another not good team, and uh, but it does seem like you know, Shane Waldron and Pete Carroll are willing to trust Gino to throw the ball. And we saw that he can be, you know, efficient with Gino under center. We saw that last year. He was, you know, more, more efficient than when he was with Russ, realistically, if you look at just the box score and look at the numbers. The biggest thing of interest for me that I haven't actually touched on or talked about, you know, on air or anything like that about the Seattle Seahawks was in the draft. You know, they drafted two tackles, which they absolutely desperately needed and they did what they had to do and they got two very good guys but the interesting thing was considering how much they love to run the ball and Pete Carroll loves to run the ball those are probably the two best pass blocking tackles in the draft this year you know Cross and Buddy from Washington State what's his name again the right tackle anyways yeah Cross and anyways the right tackle the, you know, Washington State was just a air raid offense through the ball, probably, you know, pu- pushing more than anyone. And same with uh, Michigan State or sorry, Mississippi State. So 
you know, that was interesting to me. I was it kind of, I'm like, with Gino, you're going to draft these guys? <laughs> like Cross, <laughs> Cross, they had to because he was the only left tackle kind of left when they drafted. But uh, the guy that's whose name is escaping me, their right tackle, they didn't have to draft him. You know, they could have went with a guy like Petit Friere from Ohio State or something like that. But yeah, the two best pass blocking tackles, I thought that was strange. So Shane, what do you think about uh, DK Metcalf? Abraham Lucas, is that who you're talking about? Lucas, yeah, yes. Thank you. All right. That's what I was looking that up real fast. Yeah, I love DK Metcalf and I was, I'm a little surprised by this call. But now that I think about it and your point to it, Dave, I absolutely love it because I I have DK in a, a league or two and it is it's been frustrating so far. But the thing that you that I think you pointed out best is that Gino has been efficient and has been surprisingly good. And so if they continue this trajectory, lean away from the run game just because they have to try and keep up with the other teams that they're playing. DK Metcalf should have value and it should continue to increase throughout the uh, the season. So now is a perfect time to buy him before you're having to pay an arm and a leg for him. Yeah, I've gone on record multiple times saying that I think DK Metcalf is the next great wide receiver. I think he's the next, you know, Julio Jones. I really do. Obviously, that kind of hinges on quarterback play and play calling and all those kinds of things that are I mean, kind of, you know, out of his Matt Ryan, So he should be fine. <laughs> Matty Ice was a baller MVP. You know, people right. discount Matty Ice, but he was a baller, man. So yeah, we'll see how that shakes out. I like the call as well. Coincidentally, I just traded away DK Metcalf, but not because I was frustrated with him or anything like that. I got Devontae Adams. It was a big piece trade. I show, I sent it to you. Oh Shane. yeah, I, I reviewed that trade. It, it was a lot of pieces, but I didn't want to. I didn't particularly want to trade away DK Metcalf, especially how much I like him. We'll move on to another wide receiver. I got nothing but running back and quarterback after this, but another wide receiver I think you need to get your hands on while you still can is Brandon Ayuk from the San Francisco 49ers. Again, leads his team in snaps. He has He's on the field more than Debo Samuel, which might surprise a lot of people. 23% target share right now, which is you know pretty fantastic for a guy that, that you wouldn't suspect that from and is the number two you know, wide receiver on his team. I think the Q, the QB change helps. I think having Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo come back, I think actually helps the passing game. It helps Brandon. If you look at, actually, let's pull it back. So his rookie year was the COVID year where it was just a weird, wild year. And I think that he was kind of skating by on just straight talent. You know, he was kind of flying by the seat of his pants. He had some success because he was a rookie and no one knew what he was, you know, there's no film on him. And, you know, Jimmy G was better at that point. They had a better team in general at that point in his rookie year. I think that's the year they went to the Super Bowl. So, you know, he had, he was just flying by the seat of his pants, getting by with just strictly talent. Then the offseason hits and it's a weird offseason. You know, there's not a lot of time in the building. He can't be around the guys, that sort of a thing. And he struggled for the first, you know, what was it, six weeks of last season? He really struggled. Yeah. And, and he was in the doghouse too. Annoying. Yeah. My, Shanahan called him out and said, Hey, you gotta be, you gotta be a pro. You gotta be ready to play. I just think he didn't learn it yet. You know, these rookies need to learn how to play football in the NFL. They need to learn how to practice. They need to learn how to, you know, treat their bodies. They need to learn a lot, you know, coming into the NFL from college. So, you know, he was kind of dis at a disadvantage. But then in the last 11 games last year with Jimmy G, he averaged six, you know, just over six targets a game. So that translates to 105 over a 17 game season, 
four, just over four catches a game, 72 over a full game, 17 game season, just over 66 yards per game. That's 1,128 yards over a 17 game schedule. So, you know, again, we've seen some, I don't know, uh, inconsistency with the team in San Francisco. Obviously, injury troubles, you know, Teron Armstead, Trey Lance, there's been some, they've been in flux so far this season. I think that they're going to start to kind of hit their stride with Jimmy Garoppolo. They're going to start to get settled. Things are going to get figured out. It looks like there might be some some contusion there between Jimmy G and Kyle Shanahan. I'm not sure, but I saw something where he mouthed your place suck or something like that. I don't know how true that is. No way. Yeah. I don't know how true that is, but I saw something pop up and everybody's seen the NFL bad lip reading. So maybe he was saying something completely different. I don't know. But I just think that, yeah, he's, you know, the buzz out of camp in spring training or not spring training in preseason this year, NFL spring training. It it, it was basically people were saying no one can guard this guy. No, no one can guard Brandon Ayuk one-on-one, off the line, that sort of a thing. His route running is fantastic. He has the speed, everything like that. So that's a guy that I think you need to go out and get right now. Shane, what do you think about Brandon Ayuk? I love this call. Absolutely love it. I said in the NFC West preview that I did on my other show that I think Brandon Ayuk is actually a better wide receiver than Debo Samuel. And what I meant by that is like he is a true wide receiver. Like what you just said specifically is the route running and the speed combination, is, I think, is better than what Debo Samuel is. Debo Samuel is a much better offensive weapon and just talented player overall that can be used more versatilely. If you want that true wide receiver guy that's going to go and beat your corner every time, it's Brandon Ayuk for me. So I love this call and absolutely like, go get Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, like I said, he's on the field more. He's you know he's getting more snaps. His target share is there. Route participation is absolutely there. You know everything's there for this guy to take and, off. And go ahead. I was just gonna say, like you gave us the stats of eleven hundred yards over a seventeen game schedule, only seventy two catches, one hundred and five targets. That's if he does not improve from the eleven games that he had last year with Jimmy G after being in the doghouse. Yeah, he's in year three. You would hope that he's improved. It looks like he's improved. Everything that I heard over the camp was that he was improved. He was being, he was acting like a pro. He was this not necessarily acting like a pro, but he was getting in fights because Fred Warner was pissing him off. But it was because Fred Warner saw what he had in him and mm-hmm. was trying to pull that out of him. So I think the what the stats that you gave us are almost like a baseline. And he's got to, he can improve on those numbers, and that would end up leading into 1,200, 1,300 yards, 80, 90 catches, 120, 130 targets. And that gets me really excited. Yeah, that's exactly what I was kind of getting at is that is the baseline. Plus, a little caveat to it you throw in the tsunami game they had last year, which was part of the stat, the, you know, the 11 games that I gave you where he had two targets, one catch, 30 yards, yeah. something like that. It was a, yeah, they were literally playing in a friggin' tsunami. So, you know, you take that out and you throw in, extrapolate that to 10 games and it's even more impressive. So there you go, Dave, what do you think about Brandon? Ayuk? You know, we saw a big increase in his air yards and Jimmy G's first start, you know, I'm with you when, when you say Jimmy G is better for, you know, the offensive weapons, fantasy prospects in this offense, you know, I mean, I'm excited about George Kittle for similar reasons, but yeah, I think, you know, 
Jimmy G's got a thing for IU. They've got a good combination going. I think that as long as they're, you know, as long as they're playing together and he's getting these kind of air yards, something good's going to happen. You know, he's another one of those guys that just found the end zone for the first time in week three. So that, you know, that's not total coincidence. The first time Jimmy G starts that he finds the end zone. Yeah. It's, yeah, and that play was designed for him to get in the end zone too. They could have ran that pick the other direction and Debo could have caught it in the flat. So they designed sure. it for Ayuk to get that touchdown. So that that I liked. I like seeing that. You know, as a brand Ayuk owner, I certainly won't be trading him. But they designed him to get in the end zone. And like I said, they easily could have just swapped that and Ayuk's do you know, doing being the pick man, the picker, whatever you want to call it, you know, the pick play. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. And then Debo catches that in the flat for an easy touchdown. So yeah, I, I like seeing that. And I think, I think, you know, he's going to, he's going to take off in the next couple of weeks here. It might not be this week, but I think it's going to get there. Dave, who you got for an, another target you're looking at? I'm going to switch gears into the quarterbacks here and I'm talking about Trevor Lawrence. Thanks. You know, he is, uh, he's doing good things there in Jacksonville. You know, he hasn't had a game yet where he hasn't had at least 30 pass attempts. And the one 30 pass attempt game was actually significantly lower than the other two. So he's definitely, you know, getting a chance to throw the ball. He's spreading the ball around to his receivers. There's five guys on the team that have over 10 targets this season. And his deep ball percentage has been going up each week. That's what I really like to see. He's getting the ball down the field to his playmakers. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones both looked really good in this most recent game and he's getting the he's getting the touchdowns too the touchdowns are coming every week he threw one in week one two in week two three in week three i mean i don't know if we're calling for four here in week four but you know five in week five six in week (laughs) they do play philly he's gonna have to toss the rock so i think it's gonna be a high scoring game yeah with philly i mean i was looking at the lines the vegas lines and everything it's the second highest over under this week. So I think yeah. there's definitely going to be some points put up in that game. And be honest, uh, or to be honest with you, I think watching T Law and Jalen Hurts on the same field is going to be an interesting game to watch. Be a lot of fun. Def- definitely. Shane, I'll kick it to you, but I got two small things. The Trevor Lawrence is part of the reason why I was so high on Christian Kirk, which you know how high I am on Christian Kirk. You were very high on Christian Part of it is part of it is Trevor Lawrence and then Doug Peterson. And uh, Trevor Lawrence was actually my highest owned quarterback on in best ball for, so, like, for the what's it called? Like the regular season. Yeah. Off regular off season. So there's I think I have just over 200, 200 drafts in there, and he's my highest owned quarterback. So I'll kick it to you first, Shane. What do you think of T Law? Solid. Yeah, I had to pivot pre-show because I had T Law as one of my targets. So wanted to defer to the guest here because I agree with him. I love this call, Trevor Lawrence. It's amazing what happens when you have an adult coaching the football team instead of, you know, the best kicking coach in the league. I'm pretty sure I've made that joke two weeks in a, no- a row now, Cody, so I apologize yeah, for you having to hear, hear my recycled <laughs> jokes. But one thing I kind of wanted to point out, too, to Dave's point is in 2021, Trevor Lawrence had two multi-touchdown games. In 2022, he has already tied that with two multi-touchdown games. And then in 2021, he only had four games where he threw more than 240 yards. And at week three, he's already got two games 
at 262 and 275. And then his third one came in at 235. And they ended up running the ball all over Indianapolis. So I love the progression that we've seen from Trevor Lawrence with Doug Peterson as the head coach and with better weapons. Love this call, Dave. You absolutely need to go get Trevor Lawrence if you can. Yeah, like I said, Trevor Lawrence was kind of my guy heading into the season. I That's a big reason why I liked Christian Kirk. I thought people were a little bit aggressive on their hate for the contract that he got. I don't know why everyone just hated on him. I, so I liked it. I liked the signing. The money is what it is, you know, and you got to pay what you got to pay. The salary cap's doing nothing but go up. So, you know, in, in a couple of years, we could look at that as a discount. Yeah. Um, especially if he keeps doing what he's doing right now. Absolutely. There so, were people in after week two, I think they were like, they didn't pay Christian Kirk enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got a very quality offensive line there. They're, they've clearly, you know, uh, invested in it. They brought in Brandon Sheriff. They drafted a center like I yelled at them to do. And then they brought in, the, they managed to keep Cam Robinson on the franchise tag. So th- they got a very good offensive line. The weapons are there. The coaching staff's there. The defense, I think, like, Wow, man, I can't remember the stat. They don't lead the league in sacks, but it's like sacks per play or something like that. I can't remember, but the defense is playing well is what I'm getting at. And it's keeping them in ball games. Like I, I kind of wish I, I, you know, picked the Jags to win this division like no one would have done. And to be honest, I didn't have the stones to do, but man, they're a good looking team. And to be honest, it's only three games, so it's not time to panic, but they look like the front runners to win that division right now. So we'll yeah. see how this kind of, it kind of shakes out, but man, I'm liking almost every piece of the Jags offense right now, personally. So I, I couldn't agree with you more on that, that Trevor Lawrence call. Shane, who you got for another target, one of your own now? Yeah, I am going to go with my guy, Garrett Wilson. So this is where we disagree, Cody. I thought Garrett Wilson was the best route runner in the class, but I think it's pretty close between him and Olave. So far in three games, Garrett Wilson's had at least eight targets in all three games. And he's had 50 yards in each game. The one thing that concerns me is the quarterback switch that's coming just because we haven't seen what him and Zach Wilson will do together in a regular season NFL game. But because I believe in the talent of Garrett Wilson, I'm not super worried for the long term. And this may be a di- like if they have a bad connection in week in this first week that they play together, I'm going to chalk it up to probably Zach Wilson getting reaccustomed to playing and think it will be a, a discount window for you to go and buy Garrett Wilson. Yeah, I hate Zach Wilson. I really <laughs> do. I've never, ever liked Zach Wilson as a player. You know, one, one of the biggest things that I don't like about Zach Wilson is just his appearance. He looks like he's 14. How in the world are you going to go into an NFL locker room full of grown-ass men and command respect to those people? It's not going to happen. Like your, your silver spoon kid from friggin' Utah, like there's no way you're going to go in there and, you know, tell these guys that t- to get on my back and I'm going to take you to the promised land type of thing. Yeah. No, yeah, fight for me, fight for me. You re- you guys are ready to die for me. Come on. You just can't convince me that Zach Wilson is going to command that kind of respect out of the locker room. So, you know, honestly, that's one of the biggest reasons I don't like Zach Wilson. Plus, he's not very big. He doesn't have like intangibles. He doesn't have the, the accuracy, the strength of schedule in college. That might have been one of the worst second overall picks. It's right there with Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion. I have never liked Zach Wilson ever. I've never been able to talk about him like this, to be honest. But I had Kyle Trask over him 
as a quarterback in that draft class. I did. And I just, I, you can't convince me that he's going to walk into an, a, any NFL locker room, command the respect of the team, take over a team and succeed. It's just, I just don't see it. So I'm, you know, that has nothing to do with Garrett Wilson realistically, because they can move though. And I think they will move on from it if they have to. I'm keeping Joe Flacco in a, it's a 32 team league. So quarterbacks are super thin, but I'm keeping Joe Flacco in that league because I'm thinking that I'm going to get some more play out of him later in the season. Well, I really do. I mean, to that point, I was just looking at Zach Wilson. He's already missed eight ga- or seven games out of his NFL career. Yeah. So he has. Yes. And I, I will counter you on the not big. He's 6'2", 214. That's not necessarily small, but even at List, that listed he, size, is that his combine weight? I don't know. That's just what Sleeper has him at. <laughs> yeah. He might be 214 soaking wet. But with cinder blocks tied to his ankles, but that's beside the point. He's looking potentially fragile kind of was my point there. And so you've got a a point there to keep Flacco, who we've seen pepper Garrett Wilson. So ultimately, I think Garrett Wilson will be fine long term because he's the best receiver on that team. Yeah, and Zach Wilson had a fairly large injury in college, but I do like Garrett Wilson. I'm down with him as a buy target. I'm not trying to discount Garrett Wilson at all. I just had to go off. I told you guys I go on rants. Anyone (laughs) who watches the show probably knows that by now. Sorry to hog the mic, Dave. What do you think? uh, What do you think about Garrett Wilson as a player? Hopefully you stick to Garrett Wilson like I couldn't. Yeah, I'm excited about Garrett Wilson. You know, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Zach Wilson does make me a little nervous some of the time, but I don't have that. I don't have as much to say about him as you did. But, you know, I mean, the last two weeks in a row, you know, Garrett Wilson's seen double-digit targets after seeing eight in his, you know, debut game there. So they're definitely looking to get him the ball. Of course, Flacco's been throwing the ball like 100 times a game. So I guess it's not surprising to have a lot of targets in situations like that. But, but, you know, I like what he's done with the targets, too. You know, the last two weeks have been pretty nice. And as long as he's going to be able to get in the end zone, I always come back to that because I just love touchdowns, you guys. I don't know. It's tough. Touchdowns. <laughs> like, but, you know, if, if you're not getting in the end zone, that's kind of why I uh, threw out Keenan Allen as a trade target for Chris Olave. Chris Olave, I think, you know, season long, by the end of the year, I think he very likely will have more touchdowns than Keenan Allen. I, so there's... No problems out there. I completely agree with you. If you look at last year's stats, Keenan Allen was great. If you look at his catches, over 100 catches, 1,000 yards, all that kind of stuff. He had like six, seven touchdowns, whatever. Mike Williams had the same amount of fantasy points, roughly. You know, just because he gets more touchdowns, more downfield plays, that kind of a thing. So, you know, touchdowns are king. I'm going to pivot to another player on the same team, the New York Jets, and I'm going to go with Breeze Hall. I love it. I I actually thought of that one. I do really like Michael Carter. I'll say that as a little caveat. And I still like Michael Carter. I still will, even though, you know, trade for Breeze, Car- Breeze Hall. I do still like Michael Carter. And there still will always be a spot for him on this team. And he will always get touches. But I think Breeze Hall is the target right this second that you need to get while he's cheap. So let's go over some numbers here. For the first time, you know, this season, week three, he outsnapped Michael Carter. 40 to 38. It's not a big deal, but it's the first time that he's outsnapped him. 
He's had six receptions in two or three weeks with an increase in carries in each week so far. I think it was six, seven, eight. So much like the touchdowns there, you know, he's increased his workload a little bit. Here's some things that actually got me really excited. Number one, he's out out targeting, obviously, Michael Carter, 22 targets. And that's, you know, with the three catches or sorry, six catches sandwiched with a kind of weak target game in, I think, week two. But this is what gets me really excited about Brees Hall. He's got almost a 15% target share on this team. That's insane. Not only for a running back, not only for the you know non PPR, non pass catching, non third down back like Michael Carter supposed to be, but he's getting that's a higher target share than Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, Najee Harris. There's other names in there, but those three guys right there, that's massive if you ask me. And this is in a part time role. Another one that I like, and it's usually for wide receivers. Dave, you touched on this as well, and so did I with Chris Olave. But he leads the NFL. He leads all NFL running backs in air yards and ADOT, which is wild. That is wild to me. So he's got that big play potential. We saw it in college. He can do it on the ground. He can do it in the air. The only struggles, again, like you said, Zach Wilson, I'm concerned about that. The offensive line, I'm a little bit concerned there. But, you know, if he's getting the, if he's getting the volume, he's getting the volume. And, you know, it's just touchdowns. He's basically touchdowns away from you know, being a start every week type of a guy. And if this snap share tendency continues, you know, he's going to be 60 to 40, 65, 35 by the end of the year. So I think Brees Hall is a guy you need to go out and get if you want him, if you believe in all the stats I just gave you. And, you know, I think it's going to be wheels up for him by the end of the year. He might be a Rashad Penny type of a guy from last year. Dave, what do you think about Brees Hall? I really like that call, actually. Yeah, he's one of the guys that I that I had on the list, to be honest with you. I like his involvement in the passing game, and I like the fact that Michael Carter's targets have been decreasing each week. You know, they're leaning a little bit more on Brees Hall in the passing game, which is probably not what most fantasy managers expected coming into this season. You know, it was pro- you know probably looked at as that Michael Carter was going to get a bigger share of the passing game than Brees Hall would. You know, so that. I mean, that's super encouraging. You look at, he ran 27 routes in week three, got 11 targets. You know, this, that's, this was his highest snap share of the season, as you had mentioned. So I just think that's, yeah, everything looks up for him. I heard somebody mention that he's been getting most of the run in the two-minute offense too, which is something the Jets are probably going to be running more often than a lot of teams due to negative game script and things like that. So. As long as he's on the field in those types of situations, that's just going to give him that, you know, that much more opportunity to get those little dump off passes, you know, squeeze a few yards out of them. And in PPR leagues, it's just gold. You're going to really enjoy that. He has the ability to make a guy miss. The thing I liked the most about Brees Hall as a prospect coming into the draft was, you know, if you're watching all that tape on him, you thought the play was over. And then he bounces out from behind the line and takes off for a 60-yard touchdown. Or he squeezes through a hole that's about this big somehow and busts a 15-yard you know, gain when it looked like there was nothing there. So that was the kind of stuff that I really liked about him when I was watching tape on Breeze Hall in uh, coming to the draft, doing draft prep and stuff like that. And we haven't seen that yet, but I think, you know, that's going to come, you know, where it's going to look like he's swallowed up and then he bounces one out for a wild gain that, you know, looks like Bijan Robertson X from that West Virginia game. But uh, Shane, what do you think about, what do you think about uh, Brees Hall? 
Man, I don't really have much to add, to be completely honest with you guys. You guys nailed it. I guess the only thing I'll add is he's had six targets in two out of the, at least six targets in two out of the three games. I actually think was just looking at it was nine. And I think Zach Wilson may potentially help that number stay up because he will be his best friend as the uh, the dump off option. So other than that, I don't have much to add. Great call. Yeah. Yeah, I'm ex- I'm excited to see if that one works out for me, but uh, I'm not. I don't think I'm able to get him anywhere. But I think if you can, go take a look. Shane, you got another guy, another trade target. I do, and this one was my pivot, giving seed or er, credence to to Dave. I'm going with Saquon Barkley here. He's back. Yeah, he is like Texas is back. Saquon is back, and he's had 14 car- plus carries and four targets in each game. He seems healthy. They are running the offense through him and can actually block for him. I think that's the biggest thing is, and I think I heard it in the Dallas game or in week two against the Panthers, is the biggest difference is Saquon has the ability, if you break through the offensive line, to make a guy miss and then get three to five yards out of it. But now they're actually able to block for him and create holes for him. So he's not having to do that to where this year, He has 164 yards in week one, 72 yards in week two against a good Carolina defense and 81 yards against Dallas, also a good defense. So, and he's got a touchdown in week one and week three. So I think Saquon is back. I think, I mean, obviously he's number one, he's the number one RB in PPR. So technically he can't go higher than that, but I just think the points per game could continue to increase as they have a easier schedule coming up. Yeah, what are your thoughts on uh, Saquon there, Dave? I, I like it, you know. Right when he said Saquon is back, you know, I'm out my head agreeing with it. You know, he looked like he did in what, 20, 2018. The last time the, they made the playoffs. sorry. <laughs> I bet. But yeah, I mean, it's the explosiveness is there. That's one of the things that I was really worried about, you know, him coming back off the injury. Would he still look explosive like that? He certainly does. And I couldn't be more impressed to see that actually so yeah i think it's a good call i would definitely recommend trying to get your hands on saquon if you yeah i think the the only only thing i have to say there is like what's it gonna cost i don't think anyone's trading saquon yeah i I think like you know in a redraft setting you're just not trading him i'm yeah there's no way there's almost nothing you could offer me that i'm gonna take for saquon barkley right now but you know maybe cooper cup like straight up and I would still think about it. I would have to, you know, see what my running backs are like and things like that. But the way (laughs) running backs are looking right now, but look how I was just saying it to a buddy of mine yesterday, running backs are expensive right now. Very expensive. How many guys can you set and forget right now? Dalvin cook, my, my outside the top tens looking like it's already there. So you know, that was a hot injuries. Yeah, th- that's always what it is with running backs. That's why they're always more valuable. That's, you know what I mean? So if you can have a Saquon Barkley, you know, anchoring your team, everything else is easier. It's just easier to win ball games, fantasy games, <laughs> fantasy ball games. When you have a guy like, you know, when you have a guy like Saquon Barkley. So I 100% agree. If I could get Saquon Barkley, I would trade a lot to get him. Yeah, I just don't know if anything I could offer would, you know, get them off of the owner because I would. It would probably take, I mean, not probably. It would take at least a top three player at another position or at any position to even 
I think get you to move off of it. Yeah. Like, to be honest, I think if you do the draft over right now, he's probably first or second overall. Yeah. So there you go. But no, I like the call on Breeze Hall or sorry, uh, Saquon Barkley is absolutely back. That uh, that was something that I mentioned earlier in the year. I avoid a guy after he tears his ACL and then I'm all over him the next year. Did the same thing with Dalvin Cook. I'm off Dalvin Cook now, but but Saquon Barkley was that guy for me. Dalvin Cook has more injuries than a freaking... Like I said on the show, were you on that show, Shane? (laughs) When I, the hot take show? No, that was the week I missed because of my draft. So that was the one where I called him finishing outside the top 10. It's his, his shoulder, which what's injured right now? His shoulders. Like that thing is, can't stay attached to his body. (laughs) Literally literally, right now. Yeah. Like (laughs) every other week. So. (laughs) <laughs> what it is with them, but let's uh, quickly. I want to touch on one quarterback because it's my boy, it's my guy, Joe Burrow. He's a guy that uh, you got to get right now because he's about to take off. He had that emergency appendectomy, it was six weeks before week one. You know, that's not a lot of time as someone that's had multiple hernia surgeries. It's not a lot of time to get back into, you know, especially NFL football shape. He had to throw 53 times in week one, too. So he comes back after six weeks getting cut open. Cool, go chuck the ball 50 plus times and try to win a ball game. And people wonder why, you know, he struggled a little bit in that game. They had seven sacks week one. Joe Burrow was sacked seven times a week one, six times a week two. Six in week two. So that's obviously discouraging and a little nerve wracking. But in week three, they picked it up, you know, two sacks. Sure, it was the Jets, you know, and it was his best game, obviously. But heading into this week against Miami, it's a Thursday night game, so you better get your trade in now. Miami as a team only has six sacks. He's had that, you know, twice in, in one game. So they should, you know, leave him alone a little bit. They're not going to be able to get after him as much. And Leal Collins hasn't exactly been healthy, you know, heading into the year. He's starting to get there. The offensive line is getting figured out. They have a rookie at left guard, Olsen. So they're getting figured out and it'll get going. The play calling has been a little sus. I think so far in the year, but they're getting going as well. And there's no reason to think they can't get back to last year. They have some of the best weapons in the NFL. So Joe Burrow's a guy that I think you need to go out and get right now. If you can, I threw a couple trade offers, but everyone knows I'm a Bengals fan. So it's tough for me to get them specifically, <laughs> but he's a guy that I think you need to get if you're looking for a quarterback. Any thoughts? We'll keep it quick and get to some questions. Shane, what do you think? Phenomenal call. I just need it to wait one week because I'm a Tua truther and I need the Dolphins to beat your Bengals. I apologize. I'm actually hoping that this game is a shootout because it'll just be so much fun to watch. Tua, um, and that's what we need on Thursday nights. So what if Tua um, doesn't play? Oh, then it's going to be ugly. Bengals. <laughs> I think the Bengals could smoke them then. Yeah, I just want and it to be a good game that ends yeah. with a Bengals victory. Plus, they're wearing the all whites, baby. All Dude, that. No one's losing oh, in those unis. No one's losing in those unis. Are gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited just for those. A buddy, I didn't even know when a buddy of mine tagged me in it on Twitter. And I was like, this is what I'm going to show my girlfriend when she asks why I bet our life savings on the bank. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Look at those things. They're so clean. Oh, yeah, they are. So uh, Dave, you got anything to add about Joey B? No, I mean, you pretty much nailed it all. I mean, he did get sacked a lot those first two games, but he was facing the Steelers and then the Cowboys, both of those teams have pretty good. Steelers. There was a moment though, I was watching that Cowboys game and I calculated that he was on pace at halftime to get sacked 136 times. Oh God. Carson Wentz was sacked six times in the first 13 passing plays. Against 
Oh, isn't that yeah that's actually uh, why i have trevor lawrence as a sit this week i think that philly defense is nasty it is so oh i'm a little worried about lawrence this week but then going forward i think he'll be fine there we go we're getting better at this dave thanks a ton for coming on really appreciate it chopping it up with you again once again let the people know who you are where they can find you what you're all about and uh, yeah where they can find your work yeah absolutely i'm writing a weekly recap of all the Sunday happenings at four for four football. So that comes out early Monday morning. And then I have a weekly column within between media that's in underscore between media.com. And you can find me there every Wednesday with my column with deep league starts for your 16 plus team leagues. So awesome. Yeah. Once again, thanks a ton for coming on. Really appreciate it. It was a good show. Thanks Rico. Especially is such short notice. Yeah. (laughs) Shane, you got anything for the people before we go? Yeah, I'm just going to capitalize on the don't veto trades unless it's collusion. (laughs) And then please like, follow, subscribe on our YouTube page. And check us out on podcasts. Fantasy Inferno should be coming out soon on all of your podcasting networks as we build up our episode queue. But then we've also got Dynasty Heat Seekers and then my show, Red Zone Redemption. So make sure you go find those like follow subscribe etc on your podcasting network because that's what i'm here for yes sir yeah they uh, that that trade really struck a chord with you eh? <laughs> yeah it really did go ahead and follow or hop on the discord if you guys have discord hop in there machine and i are in there you can you can ask questions just at me i don't see everything just at cody woodman let me know if you have a question dms in the in twitter you can hit me up there we got our twitter's handles here anything you need more than happy to help like shane said like and subscribe share with a friend be a friend tell a friend that the great pat mcafee says so yeah thanks for sticking it out with us Check out the Dynasty Heat Seekers, like Shane said, on Tuesday nights. We got the Boomer Bus show Sunday morning that does a little bit of DFS stuff, answering start sick questions, everything like that, because there's always injuries that pop up. And uh, thanks for sticking out, like I said, and we'll see you guys next week. Appreciate it.